Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott. Welcome back to yet another exciting episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. My next guests have exploded onto the metalcore scene in the last 12 years. They're one of the hardest working bands in the genre. And actually, that's a genre that I'm just discovering. They hail from Ocala, Florida. They're selling out venues all over and have millions of streams. They are Wage War. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. More importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. I have with me the members of Wage War, Cody and Britton. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing great. Awesome. You're on tour, so we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your new record. The show is a little bit of uh, This Is Your Life, so I want to get into the history of the band. It's actually a genre metalcore that, to be quite honest with you, I never really explored that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a cross between, I guess I would say, metal and hardcore, which is super interesting. You guys hail from Ocala. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to get into, including the new record. But uh, let's talk about, first of all, how's the tour been going for you? Uh, it's been going great. Um, we are one day away from finishing it. Yeah. Uh, we started in Atlanta on the 13th, and we've been through every single kind of weather that you could possibly imagine, yeah. <laughs> uh, from torrential downpour to snow to ice to heat. Mm-hmm. to all of it but it's been great um you know being out with jess johnson hawthorne heights and falling universe it's definitely like a, a different tour for us um but i would much rather tour with bands that maybe aren't very similar to us than just kind of play the same 
yeah. you know, stuff over and over again. So it's been fun. We were talking about it a little bit because a lot of the artists on this tour with you are different genres, right? And I was actually did a deep dive into metalcore mm -hmm. before you guys came on. It's interesting because I'm a rock guy, mm -hmm. but I never really dove deep into metalcore. So explain to us, I guess for my audience that may not know so much. I mean, Cody, obviously you, you do the clean vocals, mm -hmm. rhythm guitar, and Britain, you do the, I guess I've actually heard it referred to as like corpse singing, which is crazy. Have you heard that terminology? Yeah, with some of the newer stuff we've been doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what exactly is corpse singing? Because for me, when I hear it, it's heavy. It's fucking mm -hmm. heavy. It's But obviously, the corpse singing could only mean one thing. But I'd love to hear how you would describe sort of the genre in itself. Because again, it's a different genre than some of my audience might be familiar with. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. like grew up with like bands like Lamb of God and things like that. So, um, you know, just decided that that's what uh, I kind of want to do. And it, it's been working. Kill Switch yeah. Engage, yeah. obviously Architects. There's so many bands, mm -hmm. Bear Tooth, right? Yeah. A lot of bands from this genre. But when I, it's funny because when I was diving into, there's like deathcore, there's yeah. metalcore. There's too there's, many. There's too many. <laughs> there's yeah. there's now obviously Octane is a big supporter of the band and mm -hmm. Sirius. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we'll get into that. And there's even like a genre that people refer to as like Octane Core, which yeah. I guess yeah. is a new genre, yeah. right? So yeah. what do you relate to the most? Because the bands progressed a lot. The new record Manic has. Mm -hmm. For me, there's hints of like even like Nine Inch Nails mm -hmm. on, on the new single yeah. because ultimately you start out as this super heavy band. I mm -hmm. think you explored some different genres at the time and now it's getting a lot of critical acclaim on the new record. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, take me back to the beginning, if you don't mind. Like, how did you guys meet? Ocala is uh, kind of central Florida. Morse um, country. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like a hotbed of uh, entertainment, but oddly <laughs> enough, there's a lot of bands for, of your genre mm -hmm. specifically um that are, are from there so uh yeah i mean I, I think the the very very beginning oops um i was in a band with seth uh who is our other guitar player and britain was in another band uh for a while and that, this is probably like seventh eighth grade like middle school yeah. uh and we played like a show together at like a church i believe and we were always just like me and seth were just like wow like britain's really good and uh <laughs> you know, we just kind of did our things and those bands kind of fizzled out. And so Seth and I like kind of started this project that at the time was called empires. And like the first thing was like, all right, well we got to have Britain bond. So, uh, we got Britain. Um, we had two different members at the time, uh, for drums and bass. Um, but the three of us and the other two started playing shows in like 2010, I think, mm -hmm. uh, under the name empires, we would do absolutely anything. RV parks, uh, gymnastics gymnasiums uh churches um floor shows at bars like 7-elevens anywhere literally, play, literally right? we, i feel like we played almost everywhere yeah. um and then in now by the way was britain singing like that at the time because it's interesting right i mean it's interesting how you would have found your voice that way i mean mm -hmm. does it hurt to sing that way britain i would imagine that like it's a very particular way of singing so it's probably hard to it, initially it was probably hard mm -hmm. to find that particular tonality in your voice right um before like i got in the band with cody I, i'd already been doing it for like three or four years so like my favorite thing to do is just go put on my favorite record in my room and just try to emulate that sound so i feel like um there's no like person coaching me or anything i honestly was just trial and error and like somehow i figured out how to do it the correct way and um yeah it just kind of went from there i put up like youtube videos and stuff like that but me and cody had like mutual friends through church and stuff like that and like you know, we, we'd be hanging out and I'd like get on the mic and do like the metal screams and stuff. And then, I don't know, apparently that was just very appealing to them. And, you know, I went over to Cody's uh, house when you had the little little makeshift studio in the back of your mom and oh, dad. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, 
So Empires was yeah. very close to the music you're doing now, or was it more yeah. just yeah. heavy rock in a sense? It was it was a worse version, but it was the <laughs> right. it was the same style of like metalcore, which you kind of touched on. That is like yeah. the marriage of metal riffs and then the core part of hardcore, which is like in my mind breakdown. So those are both appealing things to all of us because mm -hmm. we love riffs, uh, and then we love breakdowns, and then you know kind of the 2005 era of metalcore. You know, Killswitch Engage and Azalea Dying and bands like that, like. Yeah. They started bringing in the melodic factor with having like choruses and stuff like that uh so we were just all drawn way into that mm -hmm. um and so i think the original goal of the band was to be a heavy band you know that had a sense of melody and i think that we still stick to that today and that probably is the metalcore formula um but yeah i mean i think when we started out like i don't think we ever had any you know thoughts of like radio play or i don't even know if octane was a thing back then like that was uh we were strictly just like all right cool we're like we'll do this band and like maybe we'll get good enough to like you know open a tour like in 500 cap rooms yeah. and then thankfully it's gone a lot farther than that because <laughs> Brent, you mentioned lamb of god but what was the music that either one of you was listening to growing up i mean were you listening to priest were you listening to maiden or it's funny cody because again doing a bit of a deep dive here turns out you're like a country fan mm -hmm. and a rap fan and i would have thought pantera and slipknot and but maybe not. I don't know. So all of those things, yes. Brit Britain is definitely more of the yeah. uh, classic metal. I, I kind of started, uh, I just recently started going backwards, actually. Like, I just kind of got back into Metallica and Pantera and, you know, bands like that. Um, but, like, yeah, when I grew up, like, I kind of just went straight into, I think I got into heavy music because I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, someone showed me, like, I think it was this band called Mortal Treason uh and it was so funny to me i was like i can't believe they're like screaming and stuff like this is hilarious now is that death metal i don't know if i know that. uh they they were like they were super small band like had a very small you know moment in the sun uh but at the time like they were you know they were it for me and then i just kind of been like this is kind of cool and then i i would azalea dying is uh is the band that really brought me into where i am as like far as the what i enjoy in heavy music yeah, I, I grew up with my dad, and he was <clears throat> really big into, like, rock and roll and classic rock. Like, he showed me old pictures of his car back in, like, the 80s. He had, like, an old uh, Camaro with the Van Halen VH, like, on the That hood. was me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was all, always into, like, Ozzy and Priest and things like that. So ever since I was a little kid, I was always listening to that. And then I remember being, like, eight or nine years old going through his old, like, CD cabinet. You remember when we used to have, like, those really ugly giant entertainment centers? Yeah. My yeah. parents still have one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we just – I'd open it up, and there was just – like thousands of CDs he, yeah. he would have. And I remember pulling out uh, Metallica Riding the Lightning, and it was just, I wanted just heavier metal from there ever since. So I feel like a band like Pantera was really the precursor yeah. to this kind of music because mm -hmm. the way Absolutely. Phil sang, obviously, was a bit of this. Mm -hmm. kind of, it was sort of a mix of singing and screaming. And, yeah. and I, it's the earliest memories I can think of besides the obvious regular metal stuff like Maiden and Priest and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, at, at some point along the way, you, you meet the guys from A Day to Remember, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like for you, that band becomes almost, I, I was kind of making a joke, it's almost like they're like the Kevin Bacon of like six degrees of separation yeah. for you because everyone's connected to that band yeah. the way you grew up in Ocala. Mm -hmm. But uh, talk to me about you know the fact that there are all these great bands and great acts coming from Ocala. So when I moved to Ocala, for, for a while, I was the only like official person that lived in Ocala. Like We're all kind of suburby of, of that area. Um, and I honestly got there like after all of you know the day to remember um you know the way wave happened and like them coming up in there i think i was around for like a couple music videos that they did um 
and then our other guitarist Seth, like Under Oath, obviously came up around there as well. More Tampa area, but they definitely played there a lot. Uh, mainly in the Sons of Disaster. Um, uh, who? There's at least two or three more bands that uh, are from the area. But yeah, I mean, I, it's weird because you would go, the, you go to Ocala, and you would never park and be like. This is where it happens. You know what I mean? Like I may never make it there. By the way, is there anything there? Why is there? So we now have the World Equestrian Center. Okay, so, that could be a reason for me to make it. Yeah, they have an airport exclusively for flying in horses. <laughs> like it's big money stuff. Yeah, but uh, Britt, no, you're not actually from there. You're from a little bit around there. Right? I'm like Central 45 Park. minutes down okay. the road. Yeah, and the other guys are all from somewhere so, close. Similar to area. Yeah. yeah. And how did you meet? You know the other band members, and how did how did they all come to be? Um, I met Seth through. Uh, my two of my childhood best friends we were uh all in a band together and then they were like well i met this kid uh, a lot honestly a lot of our band is probably based around meeting in, in churches uh but they were like yeah i have this friend like he goes to this church or whatever and he like shreds super hard and we're like all right well let's uh let's bring him in so that's how i met seth we met Britton through playing a show together steven we played a show with steven's old band our drummer like uh maybe like two years after we had been a band. And then when that spot opened up, he submitted a, a, a tryout. And then Chris, our bass player now, uh, we met through a uh, date remember. If the churches only knew what kind of music would be created yeah. from there. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Cody, it's funny. I heard a quote from you that said, uh, the heaviest music comes from the softest hearts. So it's funny, right? Talk a little bit about that. And, and again, the heaviness of the music and how you guys are as people, because there is this, this strange, it, it's, kind of crazy to me that you all met in church i didn't even know that mm -hmm. yeah uh i mean i think that um with uh with this style of music it's it's pretty crazy if you like dive in lyrically and i think you know and i guess yeah i'll, I'll just go for it but like the, this style of music is very mental health centered i feel like um and the aggression inside of it is what draws people to it um because you know a lot of times like you know, when people get frustrated or whatever, like all they want to do is just like throw everything down and just go, ah, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like scream. And then, so there's like some kind of release in that. And so, uh, I think at the time I said it comedically, cause I was just like, it's so funny to me that like, <laughs> we're all of these like tattooed dudes wearing black and, you know, you know, gauged ears and like all like the, or not, not just us, but like the scene, the scene in general. Yeah. yeah it's okay. just like, but we're writing about like really sensitive stop yeah. topics, you know yeah. what I mean? And I, I think it's great. I, I'm not knocking it at all. We're we're one of those uh, bands, but um, yeah, I, I think you know, given the style of music, like a lot of it does lend itself to just like serious issues and like you having no other outlet to get your frustrations or your emotions out other than just like aggression. Yeah. It's funny that same would not be said about the black metal scene in Norway, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's a heavy scene if you watch yeah. like the Vice documentary about that. Anyway, 2008 or so, the band starts up. It's mm -hmm. called Empires. Uh, at a certain point, you need to change the name of the band. I know you went through a few iterations. War Within was one of the names too, right? Yeah, that's actually a great story. Um, so we had played, a Data Remember let us open up uh, one of their hometown shows in an equestrian center, very Ocala. Um, and we had just gotten these scrims made that had W's on them. Uh, and we had changed the name to War Within. We had to change Empire because that was a band out of Chicago. Unspoken Rule, they you know, they were much bigger than us, and they had taken the name out of state. So it's like, if you took the name out of state, it's pretty much your name. So <laughs> right. we did War Within. We, like, searched, you know, all the, you know, LLCs and stuff. Like, all right, we're good. 
So we play this show, get like just a hair of traction, like mm -hmm. maybe like 50 shares on a picture or something. All of a sudden we get this cease and desist from this bar band in Nashville that, you know, plays covers every night. But for some reason, LLC'd War yeah. Within. <laughs> so we literally just started, and but we had just spent, you know, 500 bucks on scrims. And, you know, that's a lot back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? For, especially for us. Yeah. So we're like, well, we got to keep it that. And then I think it was my mom that was like, well, what about Wage War? And I was like, I don't hate it. And then here we are. Yeah. Did your mom have some, was there a deeper meeting there about from the name or your mom had, uh, she really was onto something there, I guess. Uh, I think she got it from a Bible verse, actually. Oh, okay. Or it was just the two W's that. Uh... Or to both names. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, we had Wincing Whales. We had crazy stuff going on. Wincing Whales would not have been a great name. Though. I don't think it would have landed quite. <laughs> a, I'm actually very happy on the, on the band name that we landed on. I yep. feel like it's very appropriate for the kind of music that we play. So you so you go on and you end up meeting the guys from a day to remember and mm -hmm. tell me how that came to be because obviously that played into your whole history and really the last ten or twelve years of your career. Um, I think a lot of it, like, like the way we met them is just playing so many shows in Ocala. We had like a, a mutual friend that was booking shows there also, that kind of like was up, you know, up and coming when they were they were playing shows there, and uh, we kind of just started getting like our own little crowd that was following us around every time we play Ocala, and I feel like. Some of the guys in the band, it kind of turned their head to be like, you know, this band kind of like they riff hard. First of all, I think, I think that's what Josh liked about us the most, right? You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was just kind of like kind of being tipped off by people. It's just like, yeah. like, hey, have, have you seen what's going on in mm -hmm. our home in our in your hometown right now? And they're yeah. like, no. And so I think Josh had hit me up on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and it was like, your band's rad. Like, would love to just kind of sit and talk with y'all or whatever. And then from there, it just kind of became a you know, exchange of like, here's, you know, here's a live DVD of, you know, our last show. I'd send him like garage band demos or whatever. And then, um, you know, we ended up signing with a management company, uh, and a label as well. And then Jeremy, the vocalist of, uh, data member, uh, produced our first record and second record, um, a track on pressure and then, ha uh, produced half of our new record as well. So it's just kind of been this, uh, ongoing thing. And then, you know, as that has happened, like they've, uh, you know, let us do some some shows with them. We've toured with them. Um, Were you guys fans of the band beforehand? Oh, yeah. Massive fans? Hometown yeah. heroes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so it's funny, but you actually were proactive in the way you met them, right? Mm -hmm. Or was it just an email that you got from him? Or was you guys were actually out there hustling? Was that the way that you guys No, I mean, yeah, we were, we were definitely hustling, yeah. I would say. And you go on to do this first record, 2015 Blueprints, mm -hmm. which gets a ton of critical acclaim, and you do the Warp Tour. So talk to me about those days, because obviously the Warp Tour days are classic and are amazing, and God. feels like a little bit in the past. But and now there's I don't yeah. know if you saw there's like this new festival now um, when that we just came out, when we're, yeah, which is like every band from that festival. You know, when, uh, when you're like young and you're a kid, you're like the big thing is like I want to be in a big band that's signed one day, and then um, you know when it finally happened. Um, we were like celebrating and stuff and then like the true work began you know um, which is the right. craziest lie of all time it's right. just like you get signed you're done it's no. like oh no you're buckle up that's that's when it begins and uh you know we went around the country what more than 10 times in a, in a van you know and uh did warp tour on a van which was pretty gnarly and drove ourselves this is our yeah. biggest road yeah. dog cred of all time yeah we, we drove ourselves in a van on warp tour which is like 
suicide. Well, that's actually the way that some of these bands make money because they save yeah. money without actually getting the bus. And but there's Absolutely. great stories about how you guys were touring early on with like you're in a Walmart parking lot and van and poo floats and all kinds of like strange <laughs> things about where you were sleeping, right? Yeah. Because ultimately, like you really can't get a full night's sleep in that van. So mm -hmm. there's great stories about ways that you were just trying to survive, right? Do you remember those days and some of those great stories behind that? Um, I, I remember them like they're yesterday, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like those times were like trying and hard, but I wouldn't trade them for anything. You know, I developed like the best relationship with the guys in the band. They're my best friends. And um, yeah, I'm like that first year of uh, really hitting it hard touring, we what did we do? A uh, we did the Fresh Faces tour, right, with Ice Nine. Yep. Right into August Burns Red. Then we did a Chelsea Grand Run, right? Mm -hmm. January, February, yeah. Then did we go to Europe before? Yep. Yeah. So our first time in Europe, we're in like just like a Sprinter van with like six bucket oh. seats in the back, and we're just like, we can't sleep like this. So <laughs> right. I just remember like the first night being over there. We had like these, you know, those scrims we were talking about. Um, <laughs> Cody like wrapped himself up in those things as like a blanket. <laughs> Just freezing on the floor. And we're like, so we got to figure something cold, else out. Dude. So I remember we bought a bunch of blankets and uh, we were like, well, why don't we just buy like pool floats, like the long ones, you know, you'd right. like lounge and like tan in. And uh, it worked for a little bit. I remember just, you know, playing the show, coming out and having this little foot pump. We were all pumping these floats up. Everyone's like looking at it like, what the hell are you guys doing? But that's what you got to do to survive in yeah. the early years. And people don't know because people think touring is like glamorous. And at a certain level, it is. Yeah when you achieve success but initially it's never glamorous yeah no. but uh, for the first record even you did something like 35 songs in two and a half weeks is that what you guys had to do so we picked out of 31 songs and narrowed it down to i think 11 or 12 was the first record it was stressful yeah uh but we did it and um it's weird it was like i feel like up until the record that we just did every record is like go 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 go, go and it's wait like so we did that record in two and a half weeks and didn't come out for another year. And I was like, why wow. did we, why did we take so long? But yeah, obviously it worked. So I'm not too mad about it, but yeah, we, you know, sifted through Cause you got your whole, you got your whole life to write your first yeah. record. Right. That's so what they're saying they have, and then you have like a year to write your second one. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. When you look back on, obviously you do dead weight and pressure your second, third records. When you look back on those records and you experimented a bit with the genres, I mean, how do you feel about those records now when you look back on them? Um, I mean, I feel, I think thankful is probably the best word or, you know, like bands will always look back on their older material and be like, yeah, like we're, we're better now. But, you know, I, I think realizing what it was for that time and also not wanting to rob people of what that record was for them at that time is important. So, mm -hmm. um, obviously we don't have nearly as much fun playing old songs as we do playing new songs, yeah. but, um, I think that they're important and they're very foundational in our band being where it is today. So, um, I've never put out a song that I don't think we've ever put out a song that I just like straight up don't like. Um, but I, I feel I can see where all of the pieces and all of the stepping stones are to get us to where we are now. So you ever go back and listen to those records? I actually just did like <laughs> did you, a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Once in a while. And how do you feel about them when you, when you listen to them again? Um, it's just cool. Like I, like when I listen to the songs, it's very nostalgic and just brings me back to like that time period in my life. And, um, yeah, the songs were fun to do. It's just, I feel like we've done a lot more exploring and, you know, growing in our writing and things like that. Yeah, and any great stories from the Warp Tour that you can remember or just, because, I mean, obviously that, that that time in life was so epic. Tell them the, the last day. Uh, all right, so Warp Tour, you know, day, whatever. What is it, like two and a half months long? So Dude, day like... 50 or 60 something. Mm -hmm. 
So we all just got, we have one pair of clean clothes that we've been saving for the end of the tour. Yeah. We ended in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and we just, we deadheaded back to Florida. Like, didn't even stop for hotels, drive throughs only. Like, we were just so ready to go home. Yeah. So you have we no had, bus driver at this point either. You guys no, are driving. No, this, is, this is a van. Right. This is ourselves <laughs> yeah. in a van. We with did a, like three hour shifts. Like, yeah. you, you drive for three hours, yeah, somebody yeah. else just rotate. Sure. So uh, the shower was off site. It was like a day's in that warped had rented mm -hmm. so we all go take the shuttle get the shower britain's in this nice clean white tee he's got black athletic shorts on with like uh, compression pants under and flip-flops and buses were starting to pull out and britain slipped on an oil slick and just oh completely yeah, someone like in their bus just like pulled the plug on some oil and it like it was so hot and it just like blended in right with like the black pavement and i just bust my butt dude <laughs> Just and like, did you do the show that night or uh well we had already played this the after show. the show we, we were ready to go show. home like, we were ready to go covered home, in oil and i'm just covered in oil oh god <laughs> i was just like yep here we go whatever can go wrong a weird way to end the tour right yeah <laughs> like well this is worse yeah are you still friendly with a lot of bands that you perform with at that on those tours are you guys still yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah we we very much cherish the camaraderie of tour and love yeah. just hanging out with bands and making new friends and we've made a lot of incredible like lifelong friends so far so we try to keep that up for sure. Definitely. Well, congrats on the new record, by the way, uh, Manic. It's great. A lot of people love this record. Um, as I said, I, there's elements to me of like Nine Inch Nails, Electronica on the record. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the process. Obviously, again, we talked about experimenting in genres, and sure. this record takes you guys into a different direction. So talk about the process of this record. It was, what, like 2020 when you started writing this record? Yeah. So we had just put out Pressure in August of 2019, done three tours on it a u.s headliner uk headliner and an australian support tour and then the pandemic hit and it was like all right well i guess i should you know make use of this time so i started writing for manic probably like two weeks into the pandemic um so i got like a head start on that and then uh something that we did this tour or this record that we'd never done is we like rented a couple cabins and got together uh, and worked on songs together, which was really cool and really special for us. So we did that twice. That was, I think we did one in September mm -hmm. and one in November, maybe, or August and September. This is sort of after the lockdown. During mm -hmm. the lockdown, you obviously. During, yeah, yeah, more so during. We hadn't seen each other since tour, so yeah. it was crazy. Um, so we just had a good time. Like, it was kind of a no pressure situation. Like, we weren't like, all right, we got to sit down and write songs. Like, we got cabins with hot tubs and, you know, we'd just hang out and vibe or whatever. But, we ended up getting uh, probably like four or five songs from the record done in those retreats. Um, and then studio stuff started in, uh, when did, we tracked High Horse in January of 2021, mm -hmm. didn't come out till August. And then we did uh, the LA portion of our record, which is two minutes away from here uh, in April, and then did the Florida portion uh, in June. So, yeah, I guess it kind of started as soon as COVID started. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people had a lot of time to sit around, obviously, during this time period. And it's, I mean, you do not want to go back and listen to any songs, of, you know, obviously about COVID. It's the, I mean, who right. wants to listen to songs yeah. about that? But ultimately, this record is about mental health, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, no, you know, everybody can relate to dealing with their own mental health and depression. Everybody was stuck at home. And even myself, I'm a person that's super positive and happy, but everyone dealt with it in their own way. So talk to me about, you know, the songs in this record. Obviously, you weren't going to write songs about uh, PPE and quarantine and yeah. <laughs> weird things. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't really weird. But but the mental health aspect mm -hmm. of what this record kind of means to you. I, I feel like, like the whole thing 
like wrapped up in a nutshell would just be um i i feel like us as like members of the band we always try to like put in like how we're feeling on every record i feel like cody says it best it's like a yearbook almost mm. you know on how we're feeling and uh that record is just a, there's like a lot of frustration and i feel like we were all feeling it just just feeling like a you know a dog backed into a corner all the time and um yeah and it, it's just a record about being like we're trying to find the light at the end of this tunnel like don't even see it yet but we're gonna keep trucking on but um but yeah i feel like the overall tone and i've heard it from other people being like it's not like i would say it was like our heaviest record but i feel like the stuff we're talking about is like it's very menacing and um you know that, that's just how i take it it's just it's a um it's a record that you know our, our mental health was spiraling spiraling down in that time and yeah uh, you know we just wrote songs about it think about all yeah. the positive records that will hopefully come out when we're behind when yeah. this is behind us yeah. right but did you all contribute to the writing process cody or do you kind of start with the riffs at your house because i know riffs are something that you're really you know yeah like a riff master right so. <laughs> well, i try to be i i end up uh i do a majority of the writing for our band um but on this record i think everyone definitely chipped yep. in and had you know parts on it so um yeah i mean it, it was different this is definitely more of probably the most collaborative effort that we've had so far but a lot of it started uh you know at my house basically it's interesting. I don't know if you ever like read this book by Malcolm Gladwell, but he talks about the 10,000 hours rule. Mm. After you put 10,000 hours into something, you're sort of ready to succeed in life. And so four years into this, you're probably at 20,000 hours, I would imagine, yeah. in this band. <laughs> Do you feel like this was uh, your success now as a kind of combination of luck, timing, hard work, or, or connecting with the right people like Jeremy, a day to remember? Like, What is it that sort of is the recipe, you think, for the band to be successful at this point? Um, I think it's a couple things. Um, I mean, I've, I've always said like, you know, I always feel like we were never supposed to like get as far as we have, um, just because of the sheer likelihood of the amount of bands out there that at the time we got signed, were probably just as good or better than us. And then we, you know, luck or whatever you want to call it. Like we, we were picked. And then I think from there is when we, we came in and really decided to make the right decisions um, you know, put the work in on songs and like the yeah. things that we cared about. And then I think the other thing that's important is our relationship with each other. Yeah. Because we're truly like five best friends. And I know so many bands that just like can't stand each other. And those are the bands that like fizzle out or, you know, shows on stage or whatever that might be. But we've just that's always... when the solo records come out, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like that's, and I, I feel like that is something that we have that is very apparent through live shows and music and everything is that, you know, we just, we have each other's back and I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Definitely. And let's talk about this tour because obviously we were talking about it a little bit before when we just sat down, but yeah. how the show's been for you guys? It's been amazing. Um, like a lot, I, I would say it's been about like, maybe like 40% of our fans, you know, are coming out to these shows. And, um, but the rest is just like making, you know, uh, new heads turn, yeah. which has been pretty cool. Um, most you know, of them are sold out. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if there's been one that isn't sold out, yeah. honestly. I've been most of them sold out. It's just cool to get in front of new people, for yeah. sure. This isn't like a typical metalcore tour that, you know, we've been doing in the past. So, it, yeah, it's cool to see just new people out there and get, seeing the head bobs go you yeah, know, for yeah. the first time. Especially after being home for so long, right? Yeah. So, Because mm -hmm. I think that you guys probably hadn't had that time off in eight. Like you had a whole year and a half to be to take a break and yeah. really that's probably the first time that's happened in 10 years or so right you've really been touring like non-stop yeah the last 10 or 12 years i was i was i mean i'm it sounds weird i was not excited about the pandemic but i was thankful for the time home yeah, yeah. 
Like we, I think we were burned out by that time because yeah. we had just done, like I said, U.S., U.K., and Australia basically back to back. So we were all just like, for the love of God, like, could yeah. we just be home for a little bit? A few of you guys got married, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't have done that. And you, you don't want to get married and be like, hey, I'm going on tour for a couple of years. I'll see you later. Yeah. So yeah. ultimately, the timing actually worked out pretty well for you. Mm-hmm. There was a crazy story that I heard about you guys touring and crossing the border at some point on one of the European tours. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that, that story because I love that story. Well, uh, it's a wild one. It is a wild <laughs> one. Uh, if Chris was here, he would be the one that would tell it the best, I think. But uh, basically, we were going from, is it France? Over back to the UK? Yeah. It's like across the English four Channel. in the morning or something like that. We were all asleep in our bucket seat sprinter on the cold hard floor. Um, and there was just like a tree in the middle of the road. And there were no trees around. So we were all just like, well, this doesn't look very good. Right. Uh so there's this big, you know, obstruction in the road. Uh, and then all of a sudden, just like people in like, you know, torn clothing just start running at vehicles and climbing on top of semis and stuff. And uh sounds like something out of Mad Max or something. It was crazy. Yeah. Like and like I think in my what I, I was so scared that I didn't even look up. Like yeah. I was laying on the floor <laughs> and all I could hear was back up, back up, go, 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 go. Like all that stuff, Britain. I think Britain said you grabbed a nail clipper for protection. yeah, dude. You know, like you have those little nail clippers and they have that little tiny like fold out knife. I'm like, I'm gonna that, go that's down. That's gonna do a lot of good. In yeah, a, in a fight, yeah. I but I mean, come to find out, I mean, that was around the time that the Syrian refugee stuff was happening, yeah. um, and which is incredibly sad. And but you like, in hindsight, you think about like what you wouldn't do for your family. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't know the actual level of danger that we were in, but uh, we ended up just peeling out and making yeah. it over that tree somehow yeah i mean uh at, at the moment like you d- you didn't know yeah you know yeah. and th- until like it kind of set in and be like you know that like uh a month before that was like when all the bombings were happening in yeah. syria so they'd like migrated into into europe and they were trying to just like sneak on like semis and stuff and hide under them so they can get across the english channel into great britain um but yeah, at that point, I mean, it, it's three in the morning. We didn't know. Right. You had the nail clipper. So that's yeah, all yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like we get on down the road and there's like, you know, um, their version of like their SWAT team and dogs out there. And they're just like, I remember getting into customs. They're, they're like passports immediately. And they like open up and check, make sure we weren't holding anybody. But um, yeah, that was a that was a wild night. And and they love metal in Europe, especially Germany. And for, oh, I mean, yeah. are, are the yeah. crowds different for you in Europe than they're in the States? Or at this point, do you think they're about equal? Um, given the fact that people have been holed up for the last it, it year depends. or so like, like germany loves its metal I yeah rammstein's come from yeah. there like so scorpions many, yeah, yeah so many big bands so you know anytime we're playing in germany it's just absolute like just chaos in those yeah. rooms but uh and a lot of the metal festivals are yeah right? there's a lot of yeah rock and ring rock and park yeah. the uk goes off for us there's, yeah. just, there's just some you know countries you get into they're more of like just chill like amsterdam isn't like they don't like do backflips off the stage and things <laughs> right. like that uh, they're, they're more for just you know listening i mean they will you know get a pit going and stuff like that but uh do you prefer the european audiences or do you uh i probably prefer states personally yeah but, yeah. but that's no disrespect that's probably just because i like germany's I always like a nice home. treat though <laughs> yeah. it's always interesting culturally too when you go to like gas stations in poland or wherever you are and things yeah. are just different right? yeah the so germans it's... will also tell you exactly how you did too. right yeah they will if you suck that night they will let you know tonight's yeah. show was no good yeah, yeah. literally like they come <laughs> up to the merch table and be like uh, i'm not even gonna, i'm not gonna try to do an accent that. Just be like, last time you played a lot better and we were like all right thanks thanks <laughs> Karang. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> 
So it's interesting. People come to see you now on this tour. Are they are they are you mostly playing songs from this new record, or is it a mix? I think it's seven, seven. songs yeah. from the new seven. record. Uh, one from Blueprints, two from Deadweight, and mm-hmm. one from Pressure. Yeah, and, playing and, low uh, and um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And obviously, you guys were voted Sirius XM's Future Five 2022. Huge. Talk to me about yeah. how much that means for a band like yourselves, and obviously the Octane Accelerator. Octane's been such a huge supporter mm-hmm. of the band. Mm-hmm. It wasn't initially, right? I mean, I feel like this yeah, has happened a lot over the last couple of years for you. It's been awesome. Um, like right when we first started this band, and like we were getting like you know doing music videos and putting it out on YouTube, whatever, on our first record. Like I never even thought like. Like, I'm like, okay, we're signed. We're going to, like, do this music thing. Yeah. I never even thought it would make it, like, to this part of it, you know? Like, we're getting radio play and things like that. So, it, you know, it's 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 been a wild ride, and it's been awesome to see our music kind of grow and, you know, be able to do these things that I never thought we would do. Because Octane is playing really... They are playing mostly metalcore, more or less, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they've, they're really this, like... They've become this bridge for mm-hmm. bands like us to like if it does well on octane that you know makes terrestrial fm take a second look at it and be like well this is crushing you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah. uh and i mean while we're here shout out jose shannon katie and mm-hmm. grant for you know putting on for us and like when we got the news like we were like seriously like <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of great bands that they play on there so i mean we're definitely very honored that they chose us to to put that forward. Um, I think but, the song was like number one, your new single, right? Mm-hmm. Recently? Yeah, we got number yeah. one on uh, the Biggins countdown, mm-hmm. uh, and then the all time Biggins. I think we came in at like number nine, which mm. is crazy because I'm looking at some of my favorite songs stacked in between our song. Yeah. So uh, yeah, very very thankful for their support. It has done wonders for us, um, and it's just cool how to see how many people will you know comment and just be like, never heard of this band before. Like, thanks for showing me. Like, love this song um you know it's just it's a new day and age you know what i mean apparently i have crazy fans on reddit i haven't really done i don't really understand reddit so i don't really look at it much reddit's like the (laughs) wild west of the internet yeah but there's like a whole slew of people that just talk about wage war all the time on reddit um have you heard turnstile by the way a band that i really like it's sort of yeah yeah. hardcore meets uh yeah yeah Yeah, very cool band i feel like there's a they're they're a band that's sort of paving the way for that genre in a way aren't they very much so definitely a hardcore band not so much metal, but like yeah. hardcore rock, I would say. Yeah, like the more like the hardcore punk elements coming out of them, which is super sick. Because you know, um, I feel like bands like Black Flag and that kind of stuff hasn't been cool for a while, and I feel like they're kind of bringing that edge back. Which is Definitely, sick. yeah. And you guys are actually going to play for us. There's, we did you did an acoustic version of Circle the Drain, mm-hmm. which we've been provided. So uh, tell me about that. You did a whole acoustic session not long, and, and the songs are so much different acoustically so it's, it's interesting because they're so heavy on the record and then you hear this acoustic do you like doing the acoustic version of these songs i love it yeah. um because you love country too by the way oh uh, yeah like, I, you know I, love, I mean oh uh, yeah i mean Brit, brit's <laughs> country fan too but yeah. for me a lot of these songs start that way so it's cool to kind of strip them back down and like it's fun for me to like fulfill that facet of what i love about music because you know i mean being in a metal band's cool uh and like the energy and all that stuff is insane but there are some nights where i like get off stage or like right before i go on stage it's just like it would be so cool to literally just go on stage and vibe for a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Have more of a sing along than just like, all right, I need to just get up there and just go nuts. Um, and we actually did our first like full blown acoustic show the other day uh, in, in Denver, Denver and had an absolute blast. So, um, is yeah. there a wage war country record coming? That's uh, what I we, we got some, it's, <laughs> could be. it ain't a country record, but we do have some cool stuff yeah. uh, surrounding the country. Um, I I think it's funny and people have started to pick up on it, but like 
if you listen to a, like wage war choruses, they're basically country choruses. Yeah, yeah. Like the just as far as like the vibe and like the role, it's like I've been I've been putting country choruses in <laughs> in metal for about four years now. So definitely not Britain's verse singing, right? Uh, well, so, I mean, some of it. Britain sings yeah. a lot on Manic, actually. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about on the, on the record. It's heavy. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It's definitely very heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. have you already started working on a new record? Because you're going to go home now. Yeah. And are there more tour dates they have for this record? Because the record yeah. came out, what, in like September? At uh, this point? It's October. Almost, October. Yeah. So it's it's actually not even like so new for you guys. I don't know. Yeah, we got we got a lot coming up, actually. Um, we just announced a uh, kind of like a B market headliner mm-hmm. um, for April and May. Uh, and those are mixed in with some uh arena shows with Godsmack which is exciting for us right. first time in arena yeah um and then everything else we can't talk about but uh yes i i'm sorry so we'd be touring this record through the end of the year you think yeah absolutely awesome. uh but if it's up to me we'll have new music out by the end of the year but it's not up to me but if it was yeah. <laughs> it's funny we were talking about it on another show it's like and and i heard you guys talk about it too it's like the fans are so ravenous now for anything new mm-hmm. that i heard you talk about as soon as you finish one record literally the next day you're starting to work on another record yeah right? i mean you have to like you can put out the best record in the world and it's just like flash in the pan because yeah. someone's already out with something else and then like that's why the single game is working so well because it's like people don't consume albums anymore. They consume singles. Like you're as good as your four songs that you decided to take to radio, do a music video for like whatever like that. And everything else is just for like the fans. Especially in the streaming world. I feel like the, the uh, rap genre like has it perfect they'll just put out like singles like, upon singles yeah. yeah like every couple months they're, they're and playlisting yeah. and all that yeah. stuff like i mean that should be said you guys put out tons of videos i feel like you you know again doing some research you probably have like 25 videos already or something we got a lot how many yeah. do you how many do you have actually uh i'd say at least four per record so that's 16 probably plus, a few extras, all, of, plus and, all of the like you know acoustic, acoustic stuff yeah. yeah we 20 or 25 yeah. sounds about right it's crazy so obviously that's an integral part of your you know, the way that you guys market stuff is some of what you do now, like DIY in a sense, obviously you have a team around you, but you feel the need to really do a lot of stuff on your own now for a band like yourselves. Is it important that the hustle's still there and that, you know, you don't rely on your team so much and that you're really out there doing the videos all the time and working 24 seven. We definitely try to like dream up a lot. Like even the, um, the album cover for Manic is completely from Britain's brain. Like he was like, this is what I want. And this is how, like, this is how I see it. And that's literally the album cover um we're very hands-on with the music creation obviously Mm um i'm a co-producer on manic um so a lot of the songs like in my production started there um we're very adamant about merch designs artwork stage production um where i i would say that we're we're very hands-on obviously there's some things that we don't know how to do that need to get done but i think everything that we have control over uh we do like to be involved in yeah did did the writing process for this record start with all of you was it really just you cody that started out with some of the songs me yeah okay yeah. and then everyone brings in their own song ideas or is it fairly i mean at the cabin is yeah, it a fairly collaborative it was, thing i think it was more so like playing off what i had um so you bring in the riffs bring in the riffs the bands, demos or whatever stuff. yeah we've tried to do a couple from scratch songs and it, it just we that hasn't clicked for us yet i'm not saying that it won't we but. had one on uh on pressure the the one chris was doing that one riff what was it called take the fight oh yeah that, take that the fight. kind of came out like that yeah take the fight for sure it's interesting there was so many records now this year that were done over people sending files back and mm-hmm. forth do you feel like during this pandemic were some of the songs done that way uh like the heaviest on our record was done over zoom wow yeah uh me jeremy mckinnon and will putney uh producer 
wrote that song over Zoom. <laughs> so, and you think that Jeremy will work on the new record for you? Because this is a relationship that's gone on, like I said. Yeah, for I mean, I would always, years. I would always love yeah. to have him involved, and in, you know, uh, you know that I don't know what that capacity is, but he's certainly always welcoming someone that we love to collaborate with. So it'll probably be a time when you guys will actually record together. Oh, we've been trying to get him on on the record for years. <laughs> he won't do it, Jeremy. It's your time. <laughs> um, so check out the new tour. Obviously, the tour you can't talk about. Yeah. which which is definitely coming up mm -hmm. uh manic the new record which is great and definitely i want to jump now to circle of drain the song that you guys are going to perform i appreciate you guys coming on it's great great hang yeah uh yeah. you're playing right by my house so i'll have to come check you guys out yeah. soon and uh thank you for coming on i appreciate it absolutely thank awesome. you yeah thank you for having All us right, guys, of course you're listening to lips la with scott lips Side by side, would you believe in a world where we were blind? A soul is free from pain and hate inside, but I woke to see it was all just in my mind.
There it is, folks. A great rendition of Circle the Drain, Wage War. Great guys, Cody and Britton. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your support as always. If you like the show, please make sure you tell a few friends about the show. The show is free. It's coming to you almost every Monday. It is how we get the word out. So make sure you rate and review the show. I am on Cameo, so feel free to hit me up on that and follow me on all social media at Scott Lips on Instagram. If you have a particular guest that you'd like to see on the show, feel free to DM me and I will try and get them on if it works out. The war hadn't started yet, by the way, by the time we recorded the show about a month ago. My heart really goes out to everyone over there in Ukraine. So stay safe and see you soon again. Over and out. Hey, it's Scott, and welcome to a little bonus episode of Lip Service. From time to time, we aim to turn you on to new artists, and in some cases, with a great story and cause behind them. On today's show, As You Were, the band is comprised of a group of talented musicians based out of Fort Knox, Kentucky, comprised, I believe, entirely of Army members. So, exciting show, exciting little segment to get into it with these guys, find out how they actually formed their band in the Army. They're playing festivals. They actually recorded two records this year. 24 songs recorded in 24 hours with no preparation and no rehearsals. So we'll get into that. We are interviewing Staff Sergeant Austin West today. We're going to get into it, chop it up with the member of As You Were. This is Lips LA. Thank you for joining me. Welcoming to the show, Staff Sergeant Austin West from the band As You Were. How are you, sir? Hey, doing pretty well. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for joining me. And thank you, first and foremost, for your service. Really appreciate it, especially in a time like we're going through these crazy days and, and what's going on in the world. So now more than ever, it's so much appreciated. And I want to get into your story. I want to get into the band and how you actually came to form a band in the U.S. Army. So uh, if you don't mind, like, uh, walk me through it. I mean, how did you guys come to meet? How did, how did you end up in a band in the U.S. Army? So this is a pretty um, amazing thing that the army provides you which is doing your passion um i had a little bit of a different upbringing in the army as did everybody so we all come from different backgrounds um just a little bit kind of about my story as i joined in 2012 um and from there i actually joined to work on radios and so i did that for about a year and a half and then i did this broadway show called the soldier show in 2015 and some guy played guitar on there and I, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that's your job in your army, in the army. That's no way that is your job. And he was like, yeah, man, um, this is what I get to do. And I said, you got to hook me up with that. I got to get in on this because I've been playing, you know, before I joined, touring musician. And uh, he gave me a number and I auditioned, got the spot. And uh, long and behold, I was at uh, Fort Hood, Texas, being a guitar player for the United States Army. And then I actually became a recruiter after that. And in recruiting, this band was brought to my attention, which is kind of its own entity in the Army band field. So you actually have to do an audition process, even though you're an Army bandsman, to come to this position that I'm currently in, um, that all these guys are in, you have to audition for. So long story short, I got this uh, position by auditioning, just like everybody else. But each person in this group has their own identity, like some of them went to Berkeley and then from Berkeley joined the army band. So um, that's a little bit in a nutshell, how I got into this band. Um, yeah, it's fascinating because I was going to say, Austin, you know, when I was listening to some of the records and, and we should talk about the fact that you guys dropped two records this past year, one yeah. of which 24 you recorded in, I believe, 24 hours, 24 songs, no preparation. <laughs> and you just, I guess, uh, not unlike, you know, how the Beatles did, you know, they gave themselves two weeks to record Get Back. You guys are like, actually, let's record 24 songs 
in 24 hours. And, and you can tell that there is influences there of jazz fusion. And, and like you said, some of the members went to Berkeley. This is not a yeah. straight ahead rock record. This is a record with jazz improvisation and there's all kinds of influences. So walk me through sort of the story even behind that record. And, and I'm assuming all you guys were in bands right before you formed this band in the army, because you can tell that the, you know, the level of expertise and musicianship in this band is quite extraordinary, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so this is going to kind of um, be uh blow some minds here so this position is only three to four years right now currently we're trying to shoot to make this a permanent position so i actually just got here right after the release of that last record so you know um i really didn't have much involvement in that uh and the 24 hours um but currently you know we're we're doing the new record and working on that but it was mainly written by the lead singer tom um, he did all the, the songwriting for that last record that uh, is out right now, which is Killer. And um, I think his take on that was to put all of the styles that he loves into. I mean, you could hear how many crazy influences on there. And what I really love about this group is the optimism. Uh, I, I have not found that in you know many groups that we've played with. That's one thing we say all the time when we're going on the road. We're like, these our group right now is probably the most optimistic group of musicians we've been around, you know? Um, so that, that's kind of how that came about in that last record. And, uh, right now, well, how, well, how does it work by the way? Cause you're playing music festivals, you're playing louder than ever and, and you're playing other music festivals in addition to being in the army. So how does it work? Are you constantly playing like in different, uh, you're, you're in different cities like every week and then you're also performing in those cities or how does it work with your travel schedule and being in the army in terms of the gigging and the touring? The fact that you actually have a festival coming up and you're doing all these things together. So and you mentioned to me that it's first and foremost, obviously, being a soldier first. Yeah. So you, you got to keep up with the Army values. Um, we're, we're entrusted by so many people. I, I mean, this is really, um, you know, our leaders support us so much knowing that we'll go on the road. We're taking a whole rig. We have to set up, tear down, drive and be in this festival, play all of these shows consistently and um, not really, we, everything has to have a tight ship and we have a lot of trust with that. But how it mainly works with the Army stuff, let's just talk uh, bread and butter for us was high schools. I mean, we're these kids first concert, which is unbelievable to me. I love it. I love seeing the kids after the show and they're like screaming. They want the shirts. They want the CDs, the drumsticks. And at that moment, you know, you're doing something really impactful. So really what it is, is, you know, we go to these high schools, we'll play for the kids and the festivals are the cherry on top. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with kids, Guns N' Roses, Corn? you know, all these awesome bands we're about to get to play with. By the way, this is the first year that this band does festivals like that. Um, we, we played very minor shows in the past, but this is like, this is the real deal. And, um, that's kind of the upkeeping with the army and the musicianship you know we're we're entrusted to be the soldier first um you know but mainly keeping up with the pt keeping up with your training ensure that you tell people that you know we we are our soldiers that's kind of you know with this whole um idea of this band is and premise is that we're marketing for the army we're telling the army's or the, the the kids in the high school or the people at the festivals our army stories how great the army is that we get to do our hobbies our passions all that great stuff so that's basically the premise behind the band that's awesome so if somebody comes out to see as you were obviously they're going to listen to songs from the two records right you have two records what you desire in 24 and i'm assuming as i i think i read too that you guys also do covers right so 
when you're playing some of these festivals, are you playing covers or is it strictly just music from the first two records that you put out? We'll probably play more from what you desire. 24 was just to kind of, uh, I won't say show off, but it was like, it was just something fun. It's like, yeah. and, and all that's improv, you know? So it's like, hey, look at the talent of this band. Like this is, this is kind of where this echelon lies. But as far as the records go and covers, yeah, we tend to throw maybe one or two at the festival. Um, but when we go in the high schools, we're we're predominantly covers and we'll sprinkle our originals because the kids, they they know it's on, you know, um, certain platforms that they want to hear. So uh, we'll, we'll get songs that are pretty hot in the charts and we'll just do our own kind of cover of it. And uh, kids love that. But as far as the festivals, yeah, we're we're diving into what you desire. We're actually... Austin, this week, we're playing some of our new material that'll be on our new album coming up. Amazing. The band seems heavily influenced by bands like Sublime, even some funk rock bands, maybe the Chili Peppers and things like that. So are those the bands that you were all listening to growing up? It's actually funny. Tom is a huge Beatles fan. Uh, Ryan, the drummer, is a huge Beatles fan. We have Abu Flores, who is just, I mean from Puerto Rico, he's bringing all of those flavors into the group. And then I just got in and we're kind of almost leaning. I'll give you a little taste. It's almost like some ACDC songs that'll be on this oh, next cool. album. Awesome. So, you know, they've been influenced uh, and, and myself, I've actually didn't really come up listening to the Beatles. I was listening more of like ACDC and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's a culmination of the pot. So I would say, yeah, it's definitely Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Stevie Wonder. We actually listen to a lot of Michael Jackson, believe it or not. Um, Motown is huge for us, which is crazy because you can kind of hear it. Um, we, we will be starting to uh, kind of do backing tracks for our, our live shows and putting horns maybe in, in a couple of songs, too. So Amazing. we're, we're going to experiment this year for sure. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like this band will carry on after your time in the Army, Austin? Is this something that you think that you'll continue on afterwards and make records? And Because I know that you said there's a, sort of a three to five year period where the band exists right in this sort of job that you have which is crazy to think that you can get a job in the army being in a rock band because for one i didn't know that that was possible um and and so great by the way so is this something that you think you'll continue after the army is finished yeah the the whole again back to what this band is um built off of we fall into the recruiting command to show the generation that will be after ours and continuously growing what you can do in the army i mean 150 plus jobs it is crazy. So this band will definitely carry on um, and continue to show, you know, people who want to pursue their passions another route to do that. So as long as there's a want and a desire for music, which I don't see ever dying, yeah, this band will continuously make records. Might have different members because of the, you know, um, time periods that we're allowed to stay in here. And I just on the record real quick um or for the record once you complete your stint here you go back to the army band and the the regular army band um i kind of want to talk about the difference real quick just so the listeners can know but the regular army band will go out and support community events um they they normally don't play huge festivals like we are but we are the only army band currently that is writing original material and putting out original stuff um that is currently happening uh, within our field so that's kind of the difference with those and um you know they are a little bit more um they have shop jobs so if you're in the regular army band you work a, a shop job as well which is admin and stuff and you play music as well 
What, what's a typical day for you like? I mean, obviously you have band rehearsal, you're writing records, you're going on tour, but also you're in the army, right? So you wake up and obviously you have your army duties like we spoke about, but, but what it is, is a typical day like for you, Austin? So for an as you were day, <laughs> on the road, uh, let's just talk when we're, when we're driving and we'll go set up. Usually, you know, we'll get up, we have a set time, we'll go out. Um, let's use a high school, you know, if we're playing at around 12:30 PM in an auditorium, we'll get up. Um, we work out together as a team, which is really fun. It's really cool as a band. And then we'll grab some, uh, breakfast. We'll head over. We'll start doing setup. We'll do a quick sound check, roll at 12:30. Mind you, we're picking up all of the equipment off of this gooseneck. So we are setting up and tearing down our own equipment and then uh we'll play no the roadies show. in the army There's no roadies and we're looking <laughs> hey we're look. hey if you want to come out you know <laughs> that could be my nope. next gig for sure hey let's go it would be fun you would enjoy yeah. it and then we'll play the show and um usually we play about an hour and a half for the kids and festivals have been um around 45 minutes so we'll play our set and then we'll tear down and uh go back to the hotel and repeat if it is the next day or travel to the next spot. They're really good about doing on and off. So, we'll, we'll, you know, on, on one day, off one day. Um, and when we're back home, it, it tends to be just low key, you know, you keep up with your army training. We make sure that we're, we're still doing PT. We're still uh, doing our uh, certs that we have to do and certain things like that. But um, they are really good about about letting us have some rest and time off and be with the families. And I, I want to genuinely say to the viewers, the Army really does care about your family. It is absolutely true. Both my wife and I are in. My wife's actually a vet tech for the United States Army. Amazing. And we, you know, we, we get all of the support we need, all the love. You know, the Army gives us 30 days paid vacation. It, it is incredible. So it sounds like it, a good it, gig, by the way. Oh, my. I tell everybody, and I was a recruiter. I'm not, a, I wasn't one of those recruiters who would feed people certain information that wasn't there. I'm telling you right now, I think this is one of, if not the best experiences you can do, especially if you're trying to pursue your passion. I mean, back to that, Scott, 150 plus jobs. I mean, you can be anything from working on radios uh, to, to being a scientist, to being a lawyer. You know, it is incredible the opportunities you can get from being in the Army. Amazing. Well, congratulations and everything. Again, thank you for your service. If you want to check out the band, check them out on Spotify. We have some gigs coming up. Any gigs you want to promote coming up that people can see you at? Yeah, definitely want to put out um, Welcome to Rockville in Daytona. We'll be playing that in May. Then we're going to head over to Incarceration in Ohio. That one's going to be a, a killer show. Um, then we're going to do, a, I believe it's Louder Than Life in Louisville. Um, followed by that, we're going to actually be playing Aftershock in Sacramento, California, Amazing. which will be the first time we've ever been to California since this band has uh, been together. So we're looking forward to being in Cali. We got to go to L.A. and meet Before You Exit recently. And California, I mean, hey, 80 degrees plus, you got to love that weather out there. I love it. That's where I am right now. Well, Staff oh. Sergeant Austin West, thank you so much, the band, as you were. Coming up, coming to a city near you as we speak. Check out the two records that are out. And currently you're working on new music that's coming out soon too, right, Austin? Yes, we will have that album to you very shortly. Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate your time. And again, thank you so much for your service and all the good you do for this world. Hey, thanks so much for your time, brother. Appreciate it. Speak to you soon. All right. Bye. This is Lips LA. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. 
The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.